ALG really saved me. I put all of my success on joining this group. People constantly checking in saved me. I made so many like friends with people that I've never met, but I feel incredibly close to and, and I consider them family. It really is a family. It is a place where you can just be yourself and there is no judgment. There is no shame. You are so welcome there. Nobody has to be in this alone. Everybody is either going through or has gone through the same thing at one point. Let's do this. Welcome back to the ALG podcast. If you're listening to this on the day of drop, happy Friday. I hope you're all having a good Friday. Really quick at the top of the show, if you could please five-star rate and review the show, I really appreciate it. Those five-star rates of you go a really long way. So please help a brother out. Do the damn thing. All right, guys. Today we have a really special guest. I am joined. Well, first of all, I'm John Arpino, otherwise known as Jarab's Journey. I have my partner in crime with me, Fit underscore D-Rock David Roden. And today we have a very special guest from the ALG community. We have Lauren Burton. Lauren, what's going on, fam? Um, not a whole lot. And it's Lauren Johnson now. Oh, I just I just read the bottom of the thing. You're I was going to ask. All right, guys. So today we have a really special guest from the ALG community. It's Lauren Johnson. What's popping? Sorry. Yeah, me on my own show. I always like Jesus. correct people now. I'm like, no, nope, not my name anymore. Change your Zoom name then, Dan. I know. Slacking. I'm slacking. So what's going on? So like my first thing was like Instagram handle immediately changed. Oh, that that's cool. Yeah. So that that had to go. Anyway. The important one, Zoom. It's yeah. like ah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I don't use Zoom. <laughs> I mean, for work sometimes, but it's, I have a different account. So. So for those that don't follow you on the gram, why don't you give us a, just a little brief overview about who you are, what you've done, because you've done some incredible things in a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. Um. So. On February 19th of 2020, I decided to have um, DSG surgery, mm-hmm. and I started there. Um, prior to that, I did about three weeks of protein shakes, and I did five a day um, for three weeks. And then after that, I did five, well, not really five. I think it was like two protein shakes for two weeks after that. Um, so my original before February 19th, I lost 30 pounds in my pre-op diet. And then um, after that, it just started just falling, literally falling off. Um, the nutritionists give you so much information on what you're supposed to eat and how you're supposed to eat it. And you can't really eat real foods for a long time until, mm-hmm. you know, your stomach's prepared to be able to have them. Of course. So question is, yeah, real quick question. Um, so the, the protein shakes before and the protein shakes after that was clinically like that was what the doctor told you to do. That wasn't just like your choice thing. Yeah. And I think it's really kind of weird because a lot of, um, other doctors say a lot of different things. There are people Mm -hmm. that I have seen on Instagram were eating eggs right off the bat. Um, my doctor was like, strictly, no, you're not drinking. You're not doing that. You're going to have protein shakes and water and that's it. Do not go away from that. Their, their main concern is, is like you have a, um, staple line in your stomach when they do the surgery. And if you put too much pressure on that staple line, it'll actually bust and you'll get like you could die from it. Yeah. You'll get septic. Um, so they kind of put that fear into you. (laughs) Like you'll be in a lot of pain if you do this. So I was like, I am not going to stray far from what he (laughs) tells me to do. 
Yeah, no, I mean, just just like me, I mean, I ha I had the gastric sleeve as well. And I tell everyone I filed that handbook, you know, to a T. And I feel like that's why I had so much success. To a T. So let's talk about your success really quick. And then I want to take it back from before you had uh, the gastric done. How much have you lost in this year? I've lost uh, 180 pounds. That is incredible. Can, can, can I hear Can I hear it a little lit like like you're on stage in front of like 10,000 people. Can I, can I, I have lost 180 pounds. Okay. There we go. There we go. That's, that was a little better. I was, I'm, I, I lost 180 pounds. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. A lot of people, you know, want to do something like that and you you've done it and you did it in a year, which is, which is incredible. So my hat's off to you, but why don't we take it a little further back and let's talk about little Lauren for a little while. Talk to me about your childhood okay. were you always on the bigger end like what was that like growing up um so growing up I I would say middle school I always felt like I was a little bit bigger than the other girls not by much but a little bit um high school definitely felt like I was I was in a size 16 um and when you're 15 16 17 18 when you're around that age normalcy is not a size 16. Nowadays, it's a little different, but when I was in high school, it was not your normal thing. So I was always the bigger girl, but I wasn't like, you know, the biggest girl. So you're kind of in a weird stage because obviously all the boys want to go after the little tiny girls. And so, you know, you're kind of like in a weird stage of like, well, nobody really wants me, but I'm really not like that overweight, you know? Um, and I would say like, I really noticed my gait start like my weight start gaining, um, probably when I was probably when I was 16, to be honest with you, like I really started putting on the pounds. I started working at Wendy's a fast food restaurant. Oh, that's All dangerous. That's accessible right there for you. So dangerous. Well, especially like when you, I, I was an emotional eater, okay. such an emotional eater, every problem that I had, that was my niche. That's what I did. Right. Um, so working at Wendy's, all that was there. If I had a bad day at work, well, I could just bring this home with me and eat in my car, do whatever I want to do and get mm -hmm. escape for that time being, you know, because that is what it was. It was an escape. Um, and then after one of my really close friends, Jordan died, I really took a tank and probably got up to like a size 18 within like a year and jumping two sizes, like, or really one size, but still jumping that amount is, is a lot. You put on right. like 50 pounds at least, you know? Okay. Um, so then I, I maintained that, um, while I was in Florida, that's why I was living in Florida. I maintained that for a while. And then, um, I got to Texas and had no friends, nothing, 18 years old, didn't know anybody, had to leave all of my friends in high school, like total new town, you know, it was crazy. All I had was my parents and I was starting college. Um, and so why'd you move to Texas? I working at Target. Um, so my dad and his job, they told okay. me, they gave me an option. They said, either you can stay here or you can come with us. And my thing was, well, if I want to go to college, I need to live at home. Mm -hmm. right. So I need to be, be smart, you know? So I was like, here we go. I, cool. I can't live off of a Wendy's salary in Florida. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen, right. you know? Um, so I got here, picked up a job at Target and started school. Target kind of helped me stay at a size 18, even though I was eating like crap because I was eating my feelings away because I had no one around me. I had no friends, you know, um, target kind of maintained that because of all the physical activities that I was doing. Um, and then I ended up meeting my ex-husband in 2013. Um, 
and I graduated in 2012. So it was literally right when it like almost okay. right when I moved to Texas, I met him, um, got comfortable, gained that happy weight, you know, um, I didn't get my heaviest by it being happy weight. Um, so as like our relationship progressed and things didn't go the way that they needed to go, um, that emotional eating started full force, you know, mm -hmm. like I was unhappy. So that was my comfort. That was my getting rid of the anxiety for that little bit. Um, so then that's when I full on got to 390 pounds. Wow. <laughs> so your heaviest weight, you were 390. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So when you were kind of making that transition, right? Well, before the transition, when you were younger and you had kind of noticed you were bigger than some of the other girls and whatnot, did you ever kind of, you know, have that conversation with yourself? Maybe I should go on a diet, try one of the fad diets. I should start running. I should do, were, were you doing anything at all? Or were you just kind of, this is who I am. I'm going to stay this way. It is what it is. Um, probably not. So I was in marching band. So I was getting a lot of exercise doing that, but like at the end of every set, I would be out of breath. And right. that was, that was taxing on me being the only person really out of breath while you're trying to play an instrument. And then you're, you know, you've got all these people around you and you're like, wow, they, this is not even knocking them. They, this does not matter to them. Right. So I definitely had that mindset. And I would say my mom pushed me a lot. Um, growing up, she would always kind of make little comments. They were never mean or anything like that. They were always like, a, am trying to make you healthier. I want you to live a long time. I don't want to see you go through the the pains of being an overweight teenager because it's hard being an overweight teenager. It is so yeah. hard. People mm -hmm. are cruel. Yes. So cruel. Um, and how did and you I deal with that? How did, how did you deal with, with the cruelness? Just, just the emotional eating or. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends, but you always have that group of people that are just fat shamers. Savages. Like, all day yeah. out. Savages. I, I, I got I got a question about band. What was your uh, mm -hmm. instrument of choice or what was your instrument? Um, well, so like concert season, I was French horn and then like, they don't make a marching French horn. So, um, you just asked me that now I forgot. Um, but it was the marching version of the French horn. Okay, cool. Cause, uh, so I was in band up until was it ninth grade and mm -hmm. being the, the largest man in the group, can you guess what instrument they made me play? Skin flute? Tuba. Tuba. <laughs> okay. John Tuba. Arpino tuba i was like yeah uh, obviously they give me the tuba and i'm like you you savages like i looked i looked at the band director straight to his face and he, i go it's because i'm fat isn't it and he was like uh, no yeah. yeah that was the thing for sure yep. that was the thing i wanted i wanted to play the saxophone but i wasn't good enough for band anyway that's a story for another day um <laughs> I did. I wanted to play trumpet or saxophone. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But um, I, I could totally see you rocking a saxophone. I could I totally see I John Rapino right? saxophone. Thank oh, you. 100%. <laughs> like Ron Swanson in, in, uh, in uh, what's what's the name of the show? Uh, Parks and Rec? Never mind. Anyway, um, so what about friends? Did you have a lot of friends back when, you know, before the transition, before you moved? You had, did you have a lot of friends? Were they supportive? Yeah, in, I mean, in, I. Yeah, I had, a, I had quite butterfly. a few friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like to talk about myself like that, but I mean, I had quite a bit of friends for no, sure. No, no, this, this is I, the time that you're allowed to talk. I want you to talk about yourself exactly. Sound pretentious. Yeah. Just be like, I'm the middle of the world because you are the middle of the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I had a lot of friends. I, I'm a very nice person, um, just in general. I love to be mm -hmm. nice to people. 
Um, so I didn't really have a hard time because you do have the bigger girls in high school that are the mean girls in, mm-hmm. in all honesty, they're mean 100%. and it's a deflection thing. I know it's a deflection thing. Um, but I was always the nice one. I was always very compassionate, caring. I, I have a very big heart. So anytime I get connected with any person, no matter who it is, I, I, I love them and I love them very hard. So I, I really had quite a bit of friends in high school. Um, I wasn't like the most popular person, but I, I vibed with everybody. There was not a group of people that I did not get along with. Um, I just didn't look at clicks as a thing for me. I didn't mm-hmm. like them. So I just kind of skipped around and did what I wanted. So, so question when it, you uh, have reiterated a couple times that, that food tends to be that stress reliever. Um, what, what was it? The sweets? Was it the savory? What was the, the go-to move? I would say I was more savory than anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I was not a huge sweets eater. Oh, just, the sweets, you know, the sweets. Well, raised up, I was, we didn't have that in my house. So it okay. was not something I was used to. We were not allowed to have that kind of thing. So if we had um, anything but water, it would be diet sodas or like unsweet tea. I was raised on unsweet tea. Okay. So were your so, parents strict in that regard? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I like remember in high school, my mom tried this cabbage diet, the cabbage soup diet. See, this oh, is the cabbage soup diet. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is what I'm looking for here. What, what, the, the, the trials and So bad. It was yeah. so bad. I was like, day two, I was like, what are we doing? It was so awful. And so I did it with her for a little bit. I don't think I even dropped any weight because I don't think I tried that hard. Um, I just went without eating. So my body went into like starvation mode. I love it too. It's like you, you, uh, you eat, oh yeah, let me eat this cap, this gross cabbage soup. And then it's like, go to Wendy's and get a Baconator. And then- <laughs> you smell that, those fries and you're like, okay, this is bull crap. <laughs> yeah. This is garbage. Wendy's old yeah, fries so- were way better anyway. <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. So you, you, so you say that you're the night, you were the nice girl in school, right? But mm-hmm. when you would get home from school and there's no one else around, like, what would happen when you just had yourself? In all honesty, I was, I, I tried to stay away from my house. Um, when I was a teenager, I tried to always be around people. Um, just because like, you know, I am an emotional eater. So I try to stay away from those emotions as much mm-hmm. as I could. Um, cause I knew I was going down a rabbit hole. I knew it was not healthy. I knew it was not safe. Um, so anything and everything I could do to a point where I started getting in a lot of trouble as a teenager with my parents. Like I was never in like law trouble or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I was constantly out past curfew doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really tried not to stay home. And if I got home, I would do whatever chores my mom told me to do. I would cook and then I'd go to bed. I would just go to sleep. Okay. So you make the transition to Texas, right? And not a lot of people around. How was college for you? How did people treat you in college? Um, so I went to a community college and it's in a very small town. Um, so, I mean, you were seeing so many different types of people at this point, there are older people, younger people, people that are just going for tech school and things like that. Um, so I really didn't talk to a whole lot of people. I just was focused. Like I was, when I put my heart and soul into something, I'm like, I go balls deep. So Mm -hmm. I was just balls deep into college. Like, I don't need to talk. I don't need to talk. I immediately laughed. So I'm just like. (laughs) <laughs> Leave me alone. Like, you know, I was, I was balls deep. I was like, ready to go. Um, How so deep were you, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. 
the the first time she said it, John's like, she said it again. She said it again. I, I got to say something. <laughs> yeah, four yeah. times in, I'm just like, all right, hold on. <laughs> pause. Pause. Oh Respect it. Yeah, Actually, absolutely. no. Oh, hold on. Here's another one for you. My uh, Xbox gamer tag in college, balls deep oh one zero one. <laughs> I went balls right. deep into my studies. That's where I was balls deep at. I will clarify for you. Um, and we're back we're back this is great (laughs) my face is very red red. your your light's fixed apparently Um, so So we're in community college so we're in community balls deep in community college all the way in there in that community college i tell you what and uh what what is what is the line in the sand for lauren like where is that turning point when did you look in yourself in the mirror and say okay we're gonna make a change now was it automatically we went to a bariatric surgeon and kind of signed up for the for the bariatric surgery or did did you try it first were you doing anything what what was going on um so like i said after i met my ex-husband i moved in with him really quickly um went down that rabbit hole of emotions got to 390 and i was looking at myself and i was like I'm not happy. I am. This is not who I am supposed to be at 25, 26 years old. I am not meant to live a life like this. Mm -hmm. So I tried going to the doctor and um, talking to them, seeing what my best options were, just a normal PCP. Um, Their always thing is to say, oh, well, you're overweight. No crap. That's why I'm here. That's why Um, I'm here. So then they kind of did some blood work to kind of see if they, if I had any kind of issues going on that could cause the overweight to just constantly, you know, like to gain that much weight. Right. And um, that's when I found out I had PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you insulin resistant. It messes with your hormones in your body. And they're like, okay, the way to get rid of PCOS is lose weight. But wait a minute. PCOS makes it extremely hard for you to lose weight. Yeah, sure. Um, so at that point, I was like, all right, well, they told me to strict my carbs and do all this. I even went to like a life coach, like whole shebang. Couldn't stick with it. Couldn't do it. Right. I, mm-hmm. I tried. I did the gym. I tried everything. And I did not have, for whatever reason, I didn't have the mentality. I don't know. Ha- That's about it. Is it. Was it, was it, so you say you didn't have the mentality. Looking back on it now, saying like, now that you, you went through the, the surgery route, you lost 180 pounds. You look at that moment of like after the doctor, would you say it was truly just you hadn't made the decision yet? Or would you say that the surgery was truly needed to make the transition possible? Is that you know what I'm saying? Tell anybody 100% the surgery was needed. Okay. And the reason behind that is because all the steps they make you take leading up to the surgery and then all the steps that you take after the surgery yes. make your mind change. They mm-hmm. do. It, mm-hmm. If you have, to, if you are told you have to be on those shakes and you're, or you're going to die, you stay on those shakes. And then what it does is it breaks your food addiction. Yep. Honestly, at that point, you're like, okay, I am feeding to fuel my body. That's what I'm doing because I'm not able to get a lot of nutrients in and I have to eat what I have to eat in order to, to I'm so glad that you said that because that's, that's the same exact thought process that I had when I went through the whole experience of having gastric sleeve done, like literally to a T. And I always tell people like, gastric sleeve changed my mind more than it, it did. did my stomach like yeah they took the whole three quarters out whatever but it, it changed up here like it helped me break so many food addictions so many food addictions so yeah. many bad habits oh yeah sure. yeah and, sure. it, and it gave me clarity 
mm-hmm. know, for the first time in my life, I felt like that brain fog, whether if it, it was imaginary or not, was totally lifted and gone. And I could just, for the first time, see clearly, like there was a whole new world around me. So I'm glad that, you know, we kind of had the same experience on that. Um, but also I wanted to ask you, before having a surgery, and obviously leading up to the surgery, I know that you had mentioned before divorce and whatnot. How was your ex-husband supportive of this process? You know, we don't have to talk about the divorce if you don't want to, but no, I just want Okay. So yeah, go ahead. Take it away. Like, just let me know how uh, this affected your weight loss journey and everything. Um, so he was not on board with me getting the surgery. Um, okay. and I told him I'm getting it done. I, I, I'm, what was his reasoning? I, uh, well, for one, you read everything about the divorce statistics of losing weight. You mm-hmm. read everything about um, your spouse changing. The surgery in itself scared him. He was not very good with medical procedures or anything like that. It just terrified him. Um, so he was not very supportive of it. He just would always tell me, well, you know, if you would go to the gym or if you would eat better or if you would do that. And I'm like, you know, if you look at the way that I cook and the way that you were brought up cooking, it's 50 times healthier than what's mm-hmm. going on with me. But PCOS, and, and I try to blame it on that, but I also try not to because I know <laughs> it was still me at the of end course. of the day too. Um, I love the balance. You, you acknowledge it as a factor, but you don't right. allow it to become like a demon. Mm-hmm. Correct. So um, he was not supportive. And I, I am one, I was raised in the South. So I'm one that doesn't really typically try to go against my husband. We were, we're going to compromise. We're going to figure it out. But that, that was something I was not going to compromise on. I said, this is my life. This is, this is hurting me. You don't wake right. up every morning in pain. Like I do, you don't struggle to walk around the block and chase after your goddaughters. Like I do. Um, hunting was becoming so hard. Fishing was becoming so hard. All of those things that I enjoyed and loved doing were becoming near to impossible because I just felt so weighed down, mm-hmm. so weighed down. So, so it sounds not- like, I should talk to anybody, but it sounds like he had his own insecurity problems going into this as well. Oh, 100%. I think and he was, was worried he- about me starting to look better. And I wasn't super big when I met him. I mean, I was not small, but I was not super big when I met him. And he would tell me, well, I would be okay if you got back down to the size you were at when I met you, which was a size 18. And I wish I knew number wise, like what I weighed at that time, but I honestly don't know. Um, but you know, that's kind of where I would like you to stay. Um, so then after I had my surgery, obviously, like I I will say this, I will give credit when it's due. Um, he was very tentative to me. He did help me, um, because it's, it's a pain that surgery hurt. Mm -hmm. It was bad. Um, so he helped me help me through the hospital and everything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. would go on walks with me in the afternoons after I recovered, um, did really good. Um, and then, so the where it started declining and I my marriage was not the best the last two years I kind of knew it was going down the drain and that's why I kind of decided to take my life and what I wanted to do and if he was going to jump on board and, and do better then fine if he wasn't. how long were you guys married up to that point um we, so we were together eight years I got married in 2016 okay wow. so um at that point we've been married about almost four years and I just told myself I'm going to do what I need to do and we'll wait it out and see if he changes. I I wasn't hopeful. I knew it was kind of over, but I just kept faith and just tried to work through it. Um, So anyways, then I, I started losing weight and obviously started feeling myself a lot more than what I did, which is natural. It happens not to a point Mm -hmm. where I, I was not humbled because I was extremely humbled. Um, And I created my fitness Instagram. Mm -hmm. That was a big no, no for him. He had a, a huge problem with that. Okay. Um, hmm. and that stemmed up 
a lot more arguments. And what was um, his reasoning behind it? Well, you know how people will put fire emojis and heart emojis because you're doing good, not because right. it's something, there's nothing behind it. It's just the right. fact that you're doing good. He had a huge problem in that. And my husband was eight years older than me. So he oh, okay. was out of the technology, out of, it's just not. <laughs> it's like my mom, my mom will make a, like I'll have a friend and she'll put like some journal-esque type post on Facebook and then she'll be like, because she doesn't really use Facebook, but she has one. I don't understand why Blank is putting her all of her dirty laundry on the internet like this. This is so weird. You shouldn't do this. Why are you, if you want to do this, put it in a journal. Don't put it out in the, the world to see. And I'm like, mom, that's our generation. Yeah, for sure, it is. And I mean, the Instagram was helping me. It was keeping me accountable. In mm -hmm. all honesty, it was keeping me accountable. That's how I found ALG. Um, <clears throat> so that kind of created more turmoil and just, just snowballed in all honesty it snowballed and I found my worth I found the love that I had for myself and realized you know do I think getting divorced at the age 26 27 was ideal no I felt like a failure it sucked I felt like I was completely failing everybody you know this man had been around my family for eight years they all loved him I was around his family I loved all of them um so when you divorce you're not just divorcing from right. the spouse you're divorcing from the people as well I left him with the house. We had a mortgage. We had everything. I left him with everything. I packed up my bags and I moved close to work an hour away from him. Um, but you know, I, that me finding myself and, and realizing what I deserve in life and what I was getting was a huge selling point for me. That's when I said, I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I can't do it anymore. And that was post-surgery though. That was, that was in the transformation, but that was quick post-surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so we, my divorce was final December 1st. We split up in, we stopped sleeping in the same bed, August, September. Okay. Yeah. Not too far along after. Mm -mm. Wow. No. Yeah. Moving to like a, cause I live in DFW. So mm -hmm. I was living in Oklahoma. I was driving an hour every day back and forth and right. going from a small town to smack dab in the middle of the DFW Metroplex away from the country, which is everything I love was a whole thing in itself. Um, you know, people say when you're the one leaving, you don't hurt. That's a lie. That's mm -hmm. a lie all day long. You still hurt. You still go through it. Um, so right. I just picked up my belongings and started hitting the gym even more and just said, I'm living for me now. So finding your worth. Talk mm -hmm. to me about that. What, what exactly that means to you? How, how did you feel? Kind of walk me through that. Um, so when I was heavier, you know, you stopped taking pictures. You want to be away from everybody. You don't want to be around people. You don't want them to see that you got that bad. Um, so when I started reintroducing myself to doing the activities that I love, like I love to kayak on the lake and things like that. I live close to a lake. Um, I started really going out and meeting people. And when I was going to the gym, I was meeting friends. Um, I was meeting people on Instagram and I was meeting up with them in the DFW uh, Metroplex just out on my lunch or something we'd all go you know go on a lunch or something um so I really started putting myself out there I got out, I was in a little cocoon and I, I started breaking slowly started breaking out of that cocoon mm -hmm. and um then I started realizing you know because I put so much of my energy and my love into people a lot of times you don't get that reciprocated but right. you don't get that reciprocated if you allow it that's the biggest thing I've learned. If mm -hmm. you allow that, it doesn't get reciprocated to you. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't get reciprocated, you don't need them in your life. That's just, that's my standpoint. I, I can't 
keep focusing and putting energy on people that don't love me or don't um, appreciate value mm-hmm. me. The same. There's 7 and billion that's... people in this world. Right. Sadly, and I put a Facebook or Instagram post up not so long ago. If, if I'm not a value in you in your life, that's fine. I don't take it personal. I get it. I'm a loud, obnoxious person. I, I, not everyone wants that. That's fine. Right. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I started finding my self-worth. I started realizing, you know, Lauren, you're not ugly just because you're a little overweight now or you're overweight. You're not ugly. You're not a piece of crap because that's pretty much how you feel when you're overweight. You feel like you're worthless. You feel like you don't have anything to live for at that point, you know? Um, so I just started really honestly feeling myself and feeling the love that I was not giving myself and I was giving to others. So I really started focusing on me and focusing on the changes I needed to make because being a heavier person, I also got very irritable. Um, right. I was not a pleasant person when I got to my heaviest. Um, and I was like, you know, I looked in the mirror and I was like, A, physically, this is not you. B, mentally, this is not you. You are too kind of a person to allow mm-hmm. the weight to do this to you. Um, so I, when I started making the physical changes, I made the mental. And when I tell you, I have made more of a mental change than I have physical. It's absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's always fascinating to me. Like, uh, so on the app, the LG app, someone recently posted on there. He's, he's new. He put his introduction up and stuff. And he made this comment that he had, this guy's lost a significant amount of weight. I don't know what the number is. Um, but he like his two main goals, one of them was, was self-confidence. And I immediately commented, I was like, great. Tell me five things you're proud of about yourself. And he's like, uh, I'm like, this is a great place to start. And he's like, he put down three and he's like, that's all I got. I was like, great. Two more to buy this afternoon. And it's just, but it's funny how like you can have, you can be so, isn't it, isn't it fascinating that if you extrapolate what you do to yourself onto someone else. You're like, Oh, of, co- of course, say, say Sarah's your friend and you treat her like shit. You tell her she's loser. You say you're not worth anything. You think Sarah's going to want to hang around you? Probably not. Right. And then it's like, and you think saying that stuff to yourself is going to make yourself want to hang around you? Right. Probably not. Right. <laughs> so just getting in that habit of just like, Hey, you're a fucking champion. I like mm-hmm. you. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. Finding those things. That's so huge. So we kind of talked about the mental shift, right? Let's kind of talk about this, the physical shift as well, because like we've stated before, you know, gastric sleeve is just a tool. It's, it's not an end all be all. It's no silver bullet. So there is actual physical work that needs to, you know, happen. What were you doing? Um, you know, physicality wise after surgery, once you were cleared, um, you know, to start, you know, doing stuff. So I, First started with walking around the block. Mm-hmm. He told me just start slow. Go walk on the block. Just kind of get your get your roots, get going, you know, make yourself, push yourself. Um, and then once you do that, go to the gym. And I had done the whole gym thing before and I did it for a while. I'd do really good and then I'd fail again. Well, this time I started with the walk around the block. And for whatever reason, the minute I stepped foot in the gym and started working out, I got a fire in me just from starting with walking. I got a fire in me and I was just fueled every day, seven days a week. I never missed. Of course, at that time, I was also not wanting to be around my ex-husband. So it was an escape for me. Right. Um, so it, you know, it, it, it all happened in the right timing to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going to the gym, um, would do cardio all day long. I was like the cardio queen. That's all I would do. Stairmaster. That's how I started. Yeah. I respect it. 
the Stairmaster was always very scary to me when I started in the gym originally. <sighs> it sucks. Um, I wouldn't even step on it. It terrified me. I thought I was too fat. I didn't think it was a thing. <laughs> so I set a goal for myself and I said, okay, I'm going to get on the Stairmaster. I'm going to do it. One of these days, even if it's a minute, I don't care. I'm, I'm stepping foot on it. So every time I went to the gym, I would increase it every single time. I always would get on the Stairmaster and increase it. Um, and then finally I got to the point where I could do hundred flights of stairs. And then after that, I almost felt like I was invincible in the gym. It's just a high that you get when you oh, yeah. get something that you're super proud of. Um, so I started just kept doing cardio, kept doing cardio. And then just recently, like within the last couple of months, I have started trying to do weights because with losing weight as fast as I did, mm-hmm. there are things that really need to be toned up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've started <laughs> to incorporate with weightlifting and things like that but it's that's been a mental battle in itself as well trying that to transition's goofy yeah it is and the gaining of the muscle and i a lot of people like my staple is is i want to get to wonderland i want to get to okay. 199 i don't ask me why i don't have a good reason but i just want to be in the 100s because i can't tell you the last time i was in the 100s mm-hmm. maybe elementary school mm-hmm. maybe i don't know i can't yep. tell you I can tell you that I'm in a smaller close size now than I was in middle school and I'm not at hundred pounds. Granted, I have some heavy skin now, but still, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I, people tell me all the time, don't focus on the scale. Don't focus on the scale. I'm like, it's, it's a pride thing for me. In all honesty, if I, if I'm not going to lie, it's a pride thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to do it. I've said it from the get go. This is where I want to be. Um, so now like with weight, lifting weights, I'm kind of conflicted. I'm like, okay, am I going to start gaining muscle and never reach that 199? Um, so those, those thoughts of like mm-hmm. discouragement and things like that still happen. I mean, it's, it's something that still happens on a day-to-day basis. So I'm still trying to battle like with that. And I've talked to a couple of people and they've told me just to lower the weights and do extra reps and things like that. Yeah. I remember so we, had, we had that conversation that. on the, on one of the community calls where it's like that. Yeah. And like, you were so gung ho on, on wonderland. And I just asked the question, I was like, okay, what, if I just ask you what feels worse, um, having, doing strength training where you're gaining some muscle and your weight is coming off slower to get to wonderland, or you hit 199, start training, strength training, you can go back to 200. What is going to feel worse? And that's a serious thing. Like some people it's like, Oh, I'm totally cool. Hitting 199 and go back to 203. That's fine. Then sweet. Yeah. Do it. Like, but if you're, if you could say into your heart, like, Hey, if I hit 199, also I jumped to 202, it's going to destroy me. Well, then it's like, Hey, oh, let's let, let's, let's, Tap the brakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I say that it will, and I don't know until I'm in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an overthinker at heart. So it could go one or two ways. I could be like, you know what? That's good. I'm gaining muscle. I'm doing good. Or it could go, what the heck are you doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Because I just want to blame it on me, you know? So. Oh, 100%. And then nutritionally, what's what's been the, the philosophy for you? Yeah. Um, so I try to meal prep every single week. Uh, meal prepping just works best for me. I have a pretty busy life. Um, so meal prepping to me, grab and go is, is, is my thing. Uh, BSG. Big tubs pot. and like you drop it down or you have a bunch of little square little. Little tubs. Go. Um, BSG, you are told, and it's like drilled into your head, protein first. That's the first thing that you eat is your protein. Um, so I always eat my protein first. Nine times out of 10, I take a bite of a vegetable and that's it. <laughs> so, I mean. I'm wrong with that. It, no, it's that's, the truth. It's it, like, I'll eat the meat and then I'll be like, I really want to taste that, but. 
mm, I don't know if I have enough room, so I'll take a little tiny bite because you know you can't eat too much. It makes you really comfortable. So, so yeah, you're only you're only a little bit over a year out, so you still have the baby stomach, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm so I'm what shit. I'm gonna be six years out this November. Um, so for me, it's a little bit different. I could definitely eat more than I used to be able to eat. You know, since the start of you know having gastric sleep, but nowhere near the point where I used to eat. Right. Um, but even now, like I'll still just psychologically eat all my protein first and then go for my vegetable and I'll take like two, three bites. I'm like, I'm done. And everyone's like, Oh, you're still healthy, but you don't eat vegetables. No, I can't fit it. It just doesn't doesn't go there. Yeah. I'll come back to it. Give me 20 minutes. Like you don't understand the feeling that we get when you get full. You're like, when you get the runny nose and stuff, when you're full, it's so annoying. And you are one bite away from being uncomfortable. One bite. So your last bite, you're always like, Oh, that one gonna be it? Is that yeah, be and it? that one that puts you over the top, it's just like, oh fuck. You regret mm-hmm. every bite before that. Mm-hmm. And then is there is there a protein of choice? What's like the go-to protein? Um, I love chicken. I love beef. If I had more um accessibility to venison, I would be eating a lot more oh, venison. Yes. Love venison so much. Um, need to go kill me a deer, I'd be good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I try to keep it pretty simple. I feel like people try to make these huge chef inspired meals. Mm-hmm. Oh, fact. Yeah. It's like, you're spending nine hours meal prepping. I'm spending four if that, but I'm also, you know, like it's not just for me. So you know, I'm like, in like 2031. Yeah. I'm like 15, 20 <laughs> oh minutes. My meal gosh. This, this is, this is also another, I'm, I'm, I'm huge into the fascination of how people can do things differently. It sounds like all three of us the same, which is just give me something consistent that it tastes good. And I'm just going to hammer it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Some people yep. it's like, they, they crave the variety. They need the variety. That's where they make these crazy wild nutritions because the number one fear of losing weight is wait i have to eat chicken and rice every meal i can't do it it's like no no no, no. you don't have to uh obviously for the way i like to live i like to cook up four pounds of chicken do this do this and i'm just like good for five days which is kind of nice but Mm -hmm. like you don't have to do that right so like breakfast i typically try to keep it easy turkey bacon egg scramble or i make i make little uh egg bites okay um lunch like this week was a low carb tortilla and sandwich turkey meat and the laughing cow cheese um dinner could be anything i love making pan fajitas vegetables and protein right there pop it in the oven done so each week i just had that tonight but i just try not to like put too much pressure on myself to make these gourmet meals because at the end of the day especially after surgery food was no longer a pleasure to me it's Mm -hmm. just i mean sure i like to have something you know every once in a while have a good fancy meal fine but it's no longer every single meal needing that satisfaction Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, that's always the question i say which is do you primarily eat for taste and convenience or do you primarily eat to fuel your body doesn't mean you always have to but you got to primarily eat to fuel your body absolutely that's Absolutely. what I tell myself every time I'm planning my meals. This is to feel your body. That's all yeah. it's for. But America is raised on going out and camaraderie around drinking and eating. Yep. That's, yep. that's what you do to have fun. You go out to eat together. You drink. And the chemicals in the food and you know, all that other fun stuff. <laughs> you know, the stuff that gets you addicted. Triple extra um, large. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get a biggie fry? I missed the biggie <laughs> size. No, I got to be honest with you. The super size. Um, 
No, Biggie from Wendy's back in the day. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah, when yeah. Wendy's had like the tin foil wrapper and the yellow everything? Yeah, those. Oh were my gosh! Days. And man. then they had the slicey chicken nuggets, and they took them yeah. away, and then that famous yeah. guy got them brought back. Yeah, yeah. we all just aged ourselves right there. By the way, I just want to let you all know that. Um, <laughs> I'm young. So are you? Uh, we're the same age, I think. Um, are you? Do you weigh out your meals? Um, I probably should, in all honesty, because it would save me money. <laughs> Because right. I like look at it and I try to judge what I can eat. And at the end of the day, it's still too much. I mean, I, I'm not overflowing a plate or anything like that, but it's, it's still too much. I'm always bringing home extra. And then I have this whole meal plan. So when am I going to eat that extra? So here's a question for you. Um, and the, the answer always changes with no matter who I talk to, who had gastric sleep, would you rather have an abundance of food on your plate, knowing you're not going to finish it all? Or would you have rather have the exact amount that you could eat perfectly, no pain, nothing, but there's going to be nothing left on your plate? I am conflicted on that. Um, Cause it could go both ways for me. Um, as a kid, you're supposed to clean your plate, right? but you get a satisfaction out of noticing you have a lot of food left when you used to eat your whole plate. Exactly. So I, I don't really have a, I would, I don't know. That's something that used to play with my head all the time. Because I would I would eat like little nothing, but I would clean I would clean my plate and I'd be like, fuck I just ate, oh, I just overate I just I, uh-huh. I ate like when much. I was new new to the game I was just like what the fuck did I do oh my god what the hell is going on yeah all the time total total mental game <clears throat> oh for sure everybody says like the bariatric surgeries are the easy way out and I just want to smack yeah. I'm sorry I'm a very graceful person but I just want to smack everybody that says that because they yeah. do not understand yeah no they, they don't understand until they walk a mile in our shoes but um so as we've mentioned a couple of times uh within this conversation obviously you are a uh you know you're a member of the ALG community you're very active within the community um I just want to kind of touch on that what kind of brought you to finding ALG and what has ALG done for you thus far um so when I first started my fitness Instagram I well not fitness but weight loss whatever you want to call it um so when I first started that I started just following people that I noticed uh would tag VSG um because I was trying to find like-minded people it worked for me versus natural people that can eat a bunch of food because that's not what I can do Mm -hmm. um so I tried to find like-minded people and in all complete honesty, I found your page. You were talking about it one day on your story. And I was like, you know, I could probably use some accountability. I could probably use people to talk to about my problems that I'm going through with weight loss because you don't just run across people like that every day in, in, in day-to-day life. Right. So I thought, okay, well, maybe we'll see what it's about. So then I went on my first call and... I, in all honesty, had never been a part of something where I felt like everybody got along, but they also didn't get along, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I, yes. I love the banter. I love <laughs> it. it brightens my day. I love it. So I was on the call and I was like, man, I could really get with this. And just, I, I think the topics were really good when we were, um, you know, people, you would pass the ball and say, okay, well, so-and-so is picking the topic this week or so-and-so would pick the topic this week. Um, It really made me think. I really had to dive deep because some of those topics were not things I would ever ask myself or even think about asking myself. Mm -hmm. So then it kind of started in a way helping me like get through things that I didn't necessarily know that I was going through, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, 
And then when I went through uh, my divorce, I was not very public with it at first. You guys were probably the first people to know over my family, everybody, my parents, nobody knew I was having trouble. Um, so after I announced it to you guys, um, everybody in ALG, everyone kind of formed a little cocoon around me and always checked in on me and made sure I was okay. And I'm always the type that's kind of like, I'm good. When you alone, let me, let me get through this. You know what I mean? But it was, right. it was so nice to know that I had that, um, in a sense. So honestly, ALG has done a lot for me. Um, it has, it has really made me delve deep into a lot of feelings and things that I didn't know I had about certain things. Um, the calls feel like a family environment, which is nice when you're going through a divorce and you're lonely and you don't, you know, you don't really know where to go from here. So you have people to talk to and, and just get your mind off of things. Um, and honestly, I, I love seeing everybody's transformation. Um, like I said, I love very, very hard. Anybody I come across, I just love very hard. Um, so being able to connect with these people and see their success brings so much joy to my life, just so much joy. And a lot of people will tell you, oh, well, you know, you don't even know these people. Well, you don't know these people. I know these people just because they're on the internet doesn't make them any less valid at all. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we love you and we appreciate what you do for our community. You are obviously a very important part. So thank you for, thank you for that. And um, you, I got to say, you're, you're, the, you're the HR lens and I love it because <laughs> we need it. Absolutely. Nobody likes Without HR, but somehow you know, like, I don't know how. But... Somebody got to do it. <laughs> and I remember we, we've, we've had a couple altercations and I'm like, hey, hammer me i'm cool with it like you if you share it like share it like i i, I it's not a lens i'm very well versed in so yeah. <laughs> lauren's been in the bunker with me before it's all good um like shots so, fired where do we go from here am i yeah, exactly. and my savage lord which one exactly exactly <laughs> um before we wind down because we uh, we do have to wrap this up uh what is next for lauren where do you see your journey taking you next um, so obviously when I get to Wonderland, tone up my body, all that good stuff. Uh, personally, I honestly just want to keep moving forward and just being happy. Um, just enjoying myself, doing what Lauren wants to do. And mm -hmm. just, you know, my biggest thing, and I tell everybody all the time, show grace. And I just want to keep spending, like spreading that. I want to show grace to everybody I possibly can, because why not? This world's too cruel. Why not? Absolutely. Uh, is um, excess skin removal surgery in your future? I have thought about it and I've gone back and forth on it. Um, right now, mine is not, it's not good, but it's not terrible. I've terrible. seen some people that it's caused medical issues. If I feel mm -hmm. like it gets to that point, maybe, but I'm kind of of the opinion. I worked hard. I worked very hard and I worked very hard for this. So if I look down at that and I see that, if somebody doesn't love me for my extra skin, adios, I don't care. It's, mm -hmm. it's a part of who I am. Of course. All right. So the way we normally wrap this bad boy up is I am going to ask you a series of questions. Are you ready? No. God, John, from you? Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lauren, if you could go back in time and talk to little 11-year-old Lauren who has no idea everything that is about to transpire, she doesn't know that she's going to move to Texas one day or all the amazing things that she's going to do, what would you tell her? I would tell her to show herself grace. I was very hard on myself as a kid. Okay. No, I actually, I really didn't expect anything less than that. So yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay. So can you give me three pieces of solid advice for people listening and they do not necessarily have to be about weight loss? Um, I would say one thing for sure. Um, never let your circumstances define your, hold on. Y'all got me all flustered over here. Um, drawing a blank. Okay. So I'll, I'll move on. Anyways, I say it all the time and it's like my footer all the time and I can't freaking think of it right now. Um, but anyways, so I would just, honestly, I would tell anybody that a be nice. There's too many people in this world that are mean, be the nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I would say never settle. It is never too late to find your happiness or try to find your happiness or get out of a sticky situation. That is always frowned upon. It's stupid. Do what makes you happy. Um, and three, I would say never give up. Um, never give up on what you have, like what you're looking for in your future. Like, don't just give up because things get hard. Um, I was the biggest person in doing that. So it's a lesson I've learned. It's something I've taught myself just because it's hard. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Nothing worth doing is easy. Lauren, I appreciate you. I appreciate the words of advice. and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story today. Before we get off of here, where can people find you on Instagram? Um, Lauren Sheree Johnson. Good luck spelling Sheree. Um, it'll, the, the picture will actually be right, right near okay. and it'll be on there. Perfect. There we go. And, and a link will be in the comments or the details or whatever the hell that stuff is called that David takes care the of. The notes. The notes. There we go. Cool. Um, any last thoughts before we go? Uh, please five star rate and review the show. I hope you all had a fantastic day. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you can I got find... one last thing for you. Hold on. I'm not done with the promo at the end. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. Yes, mom. The, all right. Cool. The Accountable Life Journal is now available on Amazon. Through Amazon Prime. Go on and order yours today. Uh, and each and every Wednesday night, we have the ALG community call. It is 100% free each and every Wednesday. We always have new members, and we would love to hang out with you. So if you are interested, please DM. Actually, you could DM any one of the people in this conversation right now, and they will give you the link for the community call, and we would love to meet you. I think this one's it now, David. What did you want to say? And uh, challenge, because what a conversation has before. Comment below three things you're proud of about yourself. So and that's that. how we're going to end it. Stay beautiful. Stay sexy. Stay accountable. As always. Totals. Come on. I did the little weird peace sign. Don't make, don't just bang. Gang signs. Gang, gang. <laughs>